Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Jono. And I'm Beck. And Zap the Podcast was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure. We find weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We talk about it, we laugh about it and we make segments somewhat loosely related to it. And uh, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, you are in for an absolute treat because not only are you up to date on everything's at the podcast, but also it's <laughs> National Brownie Day. Oh, and that's, I actually a ate a brownie day. today. Oh, no way! Uh, yeah, I did. It's perfect. Wow. Well, not only like that, um, but it's National Lard Day and I ate a fistful of lard today. So that, <laughs> that makes sense as well. <laughs> um, but most interestingly... <laughs> It is pretend to be a time traveler day, which oh, I'd never heard of before. <laughs> That's so cool, which is uh, why I'd also like to welcome everybody to the 436th episode <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! We it's made great it. to be here. Um, no, I'm only we've joking. We've come from the 1800s. We've come, we've come from, <laughs> from the past. Um, but you can expect to hear the 436th episode of the podcast on uh, the 16th of May, 2029. Uh, so oh. stay tuned for that. <laughs> that actually doesn't seem that far away. Like 2029? Yeah, but when you said the 600th and blah, blah, yeah, blah, I imagined, I thought we were going to be like 400. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. My brain didn't do the math. So I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so funny. We're literally going to be like 400 when that happens. Yeah, but no, but that's literally that's not that 2029. <laughs> which is crazy to think about that Damn. in a, a few hundred episodes... It's 2029. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see what 2029 brings. <laughs> it's the 2020s so far have been nothing but good. Yes. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Uh, I'd also like to have a little celebration because we've we've hit 1,400 all-time listens, Oof, uh, which is so awesome. Uh, and I was just having a look before we we started recording today, um, and I was telling you about it back. But w- there's a, a like a a Spotify Wrapped for podcasts. Uh, which is pretty cool. And it said we had released something like 1,346 <laughs> minutes of podcasting this year alone, which is mental to think that about. That is a that's, lot of our voices. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how you guys endured this. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but thanks for, for sticking with yeah. us with, for, for like a thousand and a half hours of oh, minutes or hours. That would be a lot. A thousand, <laughs> 1.5 thousand minutes of just us talking about the wonderful nonsense that happens around the world. <laughs> um, and speaking of uh, you guys, we have some updates in regard to our fight of the festive films. I said it right the first time then. You I did. did I've remembered did. it. <laughs> it's just taken a few episodes, but we've finally got the name right. We've gotten used to it, yeah. <laughs> um, it's We've had an amazing turnout. We were actually just looking at how many people have been voting and each... Uh, time we're releasing a poll we're getting more than 60 responses which no for us is huge and it's just so exciting to see so many people getting into it i'm not sure if it's the zappy christmas tea that is just making everyone so hungry for it which to be is. honest i would completely understand yeah, can't can't blame can't blame, Cannot blame. <laughs> <laughs> but also i like to think that it's the hunger to find the ultimate festive film and we are coming up to our semi-finals the day we are releasing this episode is the day that our semi-finals will go live on our instagram story so make sure to check it out at zap the podcast on instagram but 
We would like to announce the films that have made it through round two and are going to be in our semifinals. So our first fight of round two was The Holiday vs. Barbie. And The Holiday will be making it through to the semifinals because it was 61% of you wanted that one to get through. Um, Jonah, would you like to announce the second yeah. one? Yeah, Our second one was Love Actually and Home Alone. And uh, despite how how popular Home Alone and Home Alone 2 were uh, in terms of people suggesting it, mm. uh, Love Actually has actually beaten out Home Alone here. That which shocked is, me. Yeah, I that is shocking. didn't see it at all. Um, I, I have seen both those films and I... I do love them both. I voted Love Actually, I believe, but I thought that Home Alone was like such a, a widely like a, celebrated yeah, festive it's a cult film. Classic, it is. Um, so I mean, but that's the that's the joy of this competition. You just cannot you cannot predict it, and no. that brings us to our third fight, which <laughs> by a landslide, Elf oh, has absolutely. beaten out Arthur Christmas. Um, Arthur Christmas. On a humble 8% of votes, um, Elf swinging in at 92% to make it into the semifinals. Yeah, that's madness. And I'm actually kind of surprised at how split this last one is. Mm. The last fight uh, for this round was the Grinch versus Polar Express. And it was a 60-40 split here, which surprised me. Uh, The Grinch won with 60%. But the Polar Express, and I think I expressed uh, my disdain for it uh, when when it was first (laughs) announced to be in the fight. But it is creepy and unsettling, and I'm surprised it made it this far. But... (laughs) Uh, it has been beaten out by the Grinch, which I think is, yeah. is a fair call because the Grinch is is truly another one of those Christmas classics. Yeah. So um, that's where we're up to with the fight of the festive films, uh, and I'm excited to see what happens from here. So what what do we have going through? We've got the holiday, uh, we have Love Actually, we have Elf, and we have the Grinch. Ooh. So there's four pretty heavy hitters there, and yeah. it's going to be interesting it's to be see. Tough what people vote for um, because especially on some of the ones where there's a pretty decent, like almost toward 50, 50 sort of split, like 61, 39, mm. like 40, 60. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where the people who didn't get their vote, who are on the, on the minority of those votes, where they're going to be voting in these next rounds. That's going to make up uh, <laughs> an interesting, uh, I suppose it, it's going to make this next round more interesting is what I'm trying to say. So uh, get excited for that. Make sure to head over to at Zap the podcast on Instagram to cast your vote uh, so that you can be heard uh, about the festive films. So uh, And so that you yeah. can win a Zappy Christmas t-shirt. Oh, and the Zappy Christmas t-shirt. <laughs> the real reason. A, a huge part of this. Um, but to kick off this week, I'd like to share a bit of wonderful nonsense uh, from a favorite maple syrup producing country, Canada where toys are being pulled off shelves in Walmart uh, after a disturbing discovery. Now, first of all, I didn't know Walmart was in Canada. Maybe that's just like a... I I saw it as a distinctly American thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But... They're there, um, which I found out. Um, But in in Canada, a woman named Anya, uh, she purchased a pretty innocent-looking toy. In fact, it's very cute. Um, And it is described on the website as a dancing... You know how, like, websites, especially Amazon, does this a lot? They'll just have, like, all the descriptive words in the title. It's like a sentence, but it's just single nouns. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's on the website listed as dancing cactus toy, talking cactus twist, dance, lighting tongue, learning toy. Toy, oh my gosh. Um, is what it's called. And it's supposedly like an educational toy. It's like a plush cactus 
that dances around and sings uh, songs in English, Spanish, and Polish uh, to kids. Uh, however, it was discovered that uh, what this cactus was saying in Polish, which I don't think cactuses are that prevalent in Poland <laughs> from, from my, my little knowledge. I don't think uh, the, the huge, there's, there's a huge amount of cactuses in Poland. But um, it turns out that this cactus uh, in Polish is singing about... Um, it, it's singing about like someone falling on hard times and oh, turning okay. to drug use. Oh. <laughs> which is not typically what you want uh, your kids to be learning no. about. And so, but I'm just amazed that it made it that far. And it, it went to a customer who happened to speak Polish and they listened to it and they're like, hang on, that doesn't sound quite right. Because this has like a whole bunch of, like it's a it's a it's just a song that the maker of this product uh, used uh, just from a, a Polish artist, uh, which is about some pretty dark themes. And um, it, oh. they just ripped that song and put that straight into the cactus toy. Wait, so it's not like it's a translation of what the cactus is saying in English? Is it no. just like a completely different it's, song? It's completely different. It's what? just a, a song, like <laughs> a, a pretty, like it's a rap song oh. in Polish about sort of pretty heavy topics. And for some reason, they're like, that's the song we'll put into this dancing cactus toy for children, uh, this educational toy, um, so to speak. Um, oh. But it's it's definitely not the kind of education you want to give uh, your kids. No. What and I'm imagining has happened is like the kid, um, or not the kid, the person who's designed this toy was maybe like trying to drag over the audio file into like yeah. <laughs> the, the software that then uploads it to the toy and they've accidentally like dragged something from their iTunes into yeah. the into the software and everyone's just been like, yep, that's a Polish song. Keep yeah, going. <laughs> that's the thing that confuses me, right? Like how many layers of approval does yeah. a, a toy that hits the shelves in Walmart, how many levels of, levels of approval does that need before it like goes onto the shelves and is an available product? And, like surely there'd be yeah. some, some sort of testing or like someone... I, I, maybe they just were like, if it says this in English, it probably says a similar thing in Polish and Spanish. <laughs> like, I, d I just don't understand how something can can make it f to uh, onto the shelves of a store yeah. with that bad of a of a defect, and it, it's just or amazing. That to person me. did it completely on purpose, and they were like, "Bold of you to assume that I was just going to put the normal <laughs> song on." <laughs> yeah, the ultimate prank. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's kind of it's, it's that kind of sort of chaotic evil slash chaotic yes. good that we're going to be talking a lot about today. So, Jono, in something truly chaotically evil, history has repeated itself once again. And I'm not talking about lockdown happening again in 2021 as it did in oh. 2020. But I am <laughs> yeah. talking about something that has happened recently that also happened back in 2018 when we were doing radio and we did oh. a segment I know very full circle we did a segment which I think I do believe predates our KFC obsession or perhaps is actually where it all began I honestly can't remember where where the obsession stemmed from but this is a story about KFC we did in 2018 that's great and we did this because there was actually a fried chicken shortage in 2018 um, oh, yes. do you remember that yeah yeah I do <laughs> And we covered it and there was an article which I found now, which I actually believe we used when we did the segment because this quote 
seem rang very familiar to me. It was why didn't the chicken cross the road because of a single point of failure in the chicken restaurant supply chain and lack of <laughs> contingency planning. That's why. <laughs> What? That's just beautiful dry humor. I know. <laughs> so <Delicious>. perfect. Yes. <laughs> so basically back in 2018, it was due to logistics and shipping errors that parts of the world went out with the finger licking goodness. And if you have seen in the news recently, that is just what has happened once again in 2021. There is specifically a chicken tender shortage and this time oh, is no. yeah i know it's not just limited to kfc it actually transcends brands and is just chicken tenders in general and apparently not only is it getting harder to find chicken tenders at stores it's actually almost well apparently this is from the us it is now oh, yeah. a dollar more expensive this year to buy wow. a chicken tender than it was last year at the same time which <laughs> Not is the tendies. Not the tendies. <laughs> so we know that the world has been a little bit more chaotic since COVID. And that is exactly why we're having this chicken tender shortage again due to the supply chain issues. And I was doing some more research into this and KFC has actually stopped advertising their chicken tenders as a way to like preempt people getting angry about it because they're just like they're gonna run out or at least there's like a huge shortage so most stores I think probably won't be with them for a while um and it's not just KFC there's other chicken stores that I didn't quite recognize in the US that have probably like Popeyes or yeah (laughs) yeah yeah they've a lot of them are stopping to advertise chicken tenders. Um, and when I was doing the research for this, another quote I found um, just is my favorite because when I first read it, I thought it was satire. But um, oh yeah, yeah, apparently not. This chicken tender pandemic is very real in America, and I think this quote uh, sums up the chicken tender drought for many. So here we go. Scottsdale, Arizona parent Molly revealed that her kids are not happy when she is unable to bring home chicken tenders. My kids eat hamburgers, french fries. I have to wrestle them to eat vegetables, she said. When I come home from the store and I don't have any chicken tenders, my kids are not happy. Edmonds is struggling to find the kid favorite food item, stating the shelves have been empty recently, restaurants have been out of chicken tenders, and that makes it very limited. Difficult when you have kids that have limited options. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. That is, that is like, where was that from? It was from an article I found. Um, the article was on Hype Beast. Um, oh, yeah. But, but that just sounds like yeah. such an American thing. I know. Like, there is nothing more American than someone like giving, giving a bit of a sob story about how their kids can't get chicken tenders I anymore. I know. <laughs> the moment like <laughs> when i come home and i don't have any chicken tenders <laughs> and also the all the hell about, breaks loose yeah, having to wrestle them to eat vegetables it's just like where are the chicken tenders <laughs> just what yeah. we thought 21 2021 couldn't get any more chaotically evil the chicken tenders right just, now i just i just imagine the the mum coming home and there's just the child on like a on like an office chair like one of the swivel chairs petting a cat <laughs> turns around when when the mother enters the house, it's like, Mother, have you returned with tendies? <laughs> I certainly hope so after last week's failures. 
Just like this weird menacing (laughs) scenario. I'm just now imagining like people having to do actual competitions to compete for the limited supply of chicken tenders. It's like some weird squid game or something where you have to like try and win chicken tenders just because they're such short. Yes, the tender game. Oh my goodness, that's another KFC inspired novel we have to write. Oh gosh! Oh my god! We might need a break after this one. Yeah, but yeah. I'll keep that one on the back burner. <laughs> I think that is definitely chaotically good, though. Our KFC well, obsession feel always like... comes back to something chaotically good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could even go with like the Tender Games or something, I like or that. something like that, because that's like Hunger Games. It's reminiscent of Squid Game. That's a that's hilarious. I love that. It's <laughs> just sort of work. this this chaos that's been seeded around the US because of a lack of chicken tenders. <laughs> this beautiful. Oh, I love it. Zap the Podcast merch is finally here, and you can check it out by heading to zapthepodcast.store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, and more, all with original designs, beautifully printed on quality fabric. So head on over to zapthepodcast.store and get yours today. So something happened to me the other day that I think airs on the side of meaning to be good, but to me it honestly just came across as chaotic good and chaotic evil at the same time. I didn't really understand (laughs) what was going on. And to be fair, it didn't happen to me exactly. It was something that I came across on my walk to work. Um, Just a little bit of backstory. I... I do have a certain respect for people who give out parking fines, for example, because, you know, they're just trying to do their job. I mean, as much as we don't want them to give us a parking fine, like as unfair yeah. as we think it is that's their job that's their um, job it's making yeah. sure that there's there's parking spaces available exactly. because like as as much as i as i'm not a fan of of the attendants when they give me a fine <laughs> i'm also I'd say even more not a fan of not a, of not being able to find a parking spot. So this is true. Yes, there's there's two sides of that coin, and I prefer the the, the side where they are around making sure there's parking spaces. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the same can be almost said for people who report illegal dumping, but in a very different sense. I mean, I'm not actually sure who reports illegal dumpling, whether it's um, civilians or whether there's someone whose job it actually is to like scour the streets and see if there's illegal dumping. But to be, to be honest, it's very foreign to me. I haven't come across it before. Yeah. I mean, if I saw something that, you know, was really harmful, harmfully illegally dumped, then obviously I would try and report it. But on my... On my way to work the other day, I saw something that really confused me because someone had reported something for being illegally dumped. And honestly, I didn't see the point in this offense. So what I had seen is there is (laughs) there's just, you know, like a desk chair, like a wheelie desk chair. Oh, yeah. Just sitting on the side of the road. And it was it was harmless. It wasn't even in my way. Someone had put it to the side of the footpath. Yes, it was upside down, wheels in the air, had a big night, but yeah. it, <laughs> it wasn't hurting anyone. It was just sitting there. And that's when I noticed that there was a big yellow sticker on the bottom of this wheelie chair. And if you look around, there's there's buildings around, but this was clearly not someone's that they'd like left to collect later. This was a it was an illegal dumping, but it wasn't tied to a person, which is why I thought it was very strange that there was a big yellow sticker on the bottom of the chair reading 
illegally dumped material under investigation. And then it has this big, like, black and yellow lines. <laughs> and then it says... Under investigation. I know. I'm like, what is going on? And then it says, is this material yours? Remove it immediately and dispose of it properly. Check online or contact us for legal disposal options. And then underneath, do you have any information that can assist in the investigation? Please contact us and quote the reference number below. And I'm like, what? Since when that, is it such a serious thing? It does seem very formal <laughs> for <know>. that. <laughs> it's a desk chair. Like, is it not more effort? I'm not sure the process this person went through to report this or whether it was like some. If it was someone's job and they were going around and they actually stuck this sticker on there as if they really think someone is going to come along and go, oh, well, uh, my chair. Oh, what? Oh, I, like, I'm wondering if, if that happens if, like, once it's been reported, someone comes out with the sticker, slaps it on, and and then, like, in hopes that someone who has dumped it will come back and be like, oh, no, it's under investigation. I better get rid of it. But, like, like what I'm, have they got to lose? <laughs> like, yeah, the thing they're is, not tied to what, that chair anymore. <laughs> what investigation are they going to do that's going to... That's going to give them the information, and how much, how many resources is it going to take for them to crack down, like to find the 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 dumper? I know, <laughs> the, and 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 get them in trouble for a single chair. Like, I yeah. feel like the 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 amount of resources put into it versus what they're actually going to gain from getting it off the street is is pretty. Like, it's not very justifiable. Yeah. Like, it's, you're not going to get a lot out of it and it's going to take a lot of time to actually find out. So I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I did a bit more digging and I was trying to figure out the process on how to report something that had been illegally dumped. And the first thing that came up was a 133-page handbook <gasps> called, no. called Crackdown on Illegal Dumpling. Dumpling? Dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> on Illegal Dumping. 133 pages. And I was like, surely at that point you just – you find a skip bin, you find a bin, and you put the chair in there. But then on further investigation, I was trying to find out, as you just said, Jono, like what – why the effort? Like, surely, yeah. surely you should just put it in the bin yourself. But apparently, the maximum penalty for an individual for illegal dumpling... <laughs> Why do I keep saying dumpling? <laughs> so it's, it's it's dumpling like with, like, fugu fish in it <laughs> yeah. from an unlicensed restaurant. <laughs> well, I don't know the maximum penalty for that. But I do know the maximum penalty for illegal dumping, which is $250,000. No way! Yeah. Yeah. No so, way. And apparently, if it's a continuing offence, there's a further penalty of sixty thousand dollars. The maximum huh. penalty for a corporation is a million dollars. So that's madness. I mean, maybe, okay, buddy, yeah. put all the resources in. If that's a corporation, <laughs> slap them on the wrist. That's amazing. Two hundred fifty thousand for an individual, and a million for a corporation. <laughs> it's for a like, desk chair. Yeah, the person who has put the sticker on is like, all right. You know, this could go one of two ways. <laughs> because that's that's interesting because um, there's a lot of things. I don't know if it, it applies to this, but I know with, <laughs> with certain, like, RSA laws, because I got my RSA, mm. um, like, Responsible Service of Alcohol, if, you, if you're not familiar, um, it is, like, on-the-spot fines are generally 10% of the maximum 
like fine for mm. it. So that means if you are caught illegally dumping, you could be, I almost said dumping there, you could Seems be handed fine. a fine of $25,000. If my wow. assumption is correct, that, that the on the spot is 10%. That's crazy that because I'm crazy. pretty sure for it to get the maximum fine, it has to go through court. That's Damn. just madness to me yeah. that that you could be handed a $25,000 fine yeah. on the spot, potentially, if my hunch is correct. But 250000 <laughs> is know. an outrageous number. And surely they should check. have more people investigating. Yeah, like where are the, where's the police tape around this chair? I mean, if you want to catch this person, <laughs> don't just pop a sticker on. They're clearly not coming back for that chair now, yeah. now that they know what's at stake. But... Yeah, I don't know whether it's chaotic good or chaotic evil, but if that chair is still there the next time I walk to work, it's just going to bring me joy because (laughs) I know that there's someone out there trying to frame someone for this. And there's also the person who dumped it that is just living a good, (laughs) stress-free life. (laughs) I I would love to see like a version of the show like Cops, but it's it's just people who are looking, uh, who are investigating illegal dumping. With, with penalties that high, the stakes would be, it'd be a high-stakes show. That's true. And they'd be, like, chasing people through <laughs> through the woods trying to, trying to get them for, for dumping a uh, swivel chair. And then sometimes it's, like, day 42 and there is still no update on the swivel chair dumper. Um, <laughs> we'll let you know tomorrow. Swivel chair dumper. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. It's come time once again for the continuation of an undisclosed amount of fries, which, if you're unfamiliar, is a KFC-inspired crime drama novel. Krama. We, like we coined the word Krama. <laughs> as we're like, yeah, we do. Um, that that stars Colonel Sanders, um, the KFC uh, mascot and founder, I think, probably. Um, yeah. As, as a detective in, in a city full of crime. And uh, where we left off last week, last week was a big chapter. A lot happened. And um, so we were just coming into the scene of the 11th murder after uh, Poppy Chicken had brought Bucky's signature white fedora yes. um, to Colonel Sanders uh, because it was found after Poppy Chicken's restaurant got robbed. So it was looking bad for Bucky. And so uh, then in this chapter, sorry, in the last chapter, we uh, went to the scene of uh, the 11th murder and Bucky and Colonel Sanders had had a little bit of a, a serious chat uh, because uh, Colonel Sanders, Colonel, Detective Harlan Sanders, sorry, not Colonel Sanders, Detective Harlan Sanders <laughs> uh, was having having a few snarky remarks at Bucky saying pretty much that he, he couldn't trust Bucky. He was he was slight, he was given some some accusations towards Bucky and Bucky was like, no, this is this is the story. Let me set you straight. Um, and so there was sort of a bit of trust um, found there mm, uh, that, nice that Bucky moment, was able to yeah. explain uh, what happened, that he was actually at Poppy Chicken's um he was he was there, but it was like a staking sting operation. It out. Yeah, yeah, staking it out um, to see if the 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 criminals, the killers, uh, would strike there. And they they caught him off guard, um, and um, he didn't he didn't didn't end up too well. He got chloroformed, um, and that's why he he woke up. He didn't know where his hat was, and that's why his hat was left at the scene of the crime. And so there was that sort of understanding um, between them. And then towards the end of that episode. Detective Harlan Sanders gets a call from an unknown number and they say, all right, 
here's here's the deal. We have your your friend uh, Poppy Chicken uh, hostage. We want your secret family heirloom chicken <laughs> recipe. Yes, give us that, um, or or else, pretty much. Um, and so that's where we sort of left off. Another important thing from the last chapter was that um, in in the robbery at Poppy Chicken's uh, restaurant, there was a moist towelette that was used to chloroform Bucky, uh, and uh, that had some fingerprints on it. Uh, yes, which I'm that's sure right. The first time we've seen fingerprints. The first time case. we have any sort of evidence, any sort of lead on yes. this case. So it's getting serious. So it's time for chapter eight. Let's jump into it. Let's do it. Somewhere across the city, a phone is placed down on its receiver with a clunk. An unknown figure sighs and approaches a chicken cage in the corner of a dimly lit office. Their voice-changing mask presses up against the bars of the cage as they speak to their chicken. Not much longer now, my pretty. We're tantalizingly close to the recipe. I can almost taste it. Came the unsurprising reply. Yes, once that recipe is ours, we can finally realise my vision for Kentucky's finest chicken restaurants, although the name's a bit long, so we might have to abbreviate it. The chicken stared them directly in the eyes and released itself in the cage. Uh, And then there's a little break there, so we've got a little Mm -hmm. behind the curtains there. Meanwhile, back across the city, Bucky and Detective Harlan Sanders were arriving back at the station. Bucky's car splashed through a deep puddle before coming to a stop in the car park. Rain was clattering loudly against the roof of Bucky's car. Detective Harlan Sanders turned in his seat to face Bucky. Bucky, I'm sorry I I lashed out earlier. This case, it's gone on so long with so many victims and I I didn't stop to question my suspicions. I just wanted this case closed, for the suffering to stop, for Poultry Valley to be free from the chains of fear and for these killers to be put away once and for all. You don't have to apologise, old friend, replied Bucky. You've been working tirelessly on this case for months. Anyone in your position would want this over, and I can see how the robbery at Poppy's left me as a prime suspect. And I've been thinking, and unfortunately, Harland, while I remain a suspect, while there isn't any evidence to say I didn't do it, I'm going to have to distance myself from this investigation. Bucky, don't tell me that, Detective Harlan Sanders pleaded. Don't tell me that you're leaving, Bucky. I need you on this case with me. I feel like we're so close to busting it wide open, but I need you to help me out. Bucky sighed. I know it won't be easy without me, but I can't be on board while there's this potential conflict of interest. If you need me, you always have my number. I'm going to get myself out of Poultry Valley and lay low in case these killers want around too. Goodbye, old friend. Bucky and Detective Harlan Sanders shared a tearful hug before Detective Harlan Sanders stepped out of the car and into the rain. He made his way swiftly across the car park and into the station. Not wanting to dwell on the prior moments, lest he get emotional, Detective Harlan Sanders went to his office. He sat down in his chair and placed his head in his hands. All for this stupid recipe, he thought, and as much as he wanted to part with it, he knew he couldn't give these murderers the satisfaction they crave. How could he even trust they'd release Poppy when he gave them the recipe? What do I do? Detective Harlan Sanders whispered to himself. Harlan took his face out of his hands and leant back on his chair. As he did, he felt something drop out of his pocket onto the floor. He swiveled in his chair to see the, re- the receipt for Giovanni's, which was left at the crime scene of murder number 11. In that moment, Detective Harlan Sanders felt a wave of motivation hit him. Physically, he was exhausted, but mentally, he was in the zone. With a newfound haste, he made his way out to reception, where Persephone was in her usual spot, meticulously organising something inconsequential. Persephone, I'm taking out one of the patrol cars. Can I grab a set of keys? Persephone looked up. So long as it comes back in the same condition... 
She spun around in her chair and, co- and took a key off a row of similar-looking keys before spinning back around and handing it to the detective. So do we have a deal, she asked. Deal, answered Detective Harlan Sanders. He accepted the keys and jumped into the patrol car. He adjusted the mirrors and set off toward Giovanni's. So many questions ran through the detective's head as he navigated the streets, all of which could only be answered by going to Giovanni's, the very same place that Detective Harlan Sanders had met pushback on his prior visit. Giovanni did not like questions, much less did he like answering them. If there was someone who had something to hide, it would be Giovanni. As Detective Harlan Sanders made his way through the centre of town, he was met with the saddening sight of his favourite chicken shop, Poppy's Chicken Shop, dark and silent. Normally full of customers, joy and the wonderful smell of fried chicken, the shop was empty and lifeless. Detective Harlan (laughs) Sanders had to get to the bottom of this for the good of the city, the good of the people and for the good of Poppy Chicken and her chicken. (laughs) Detective Harlan Sanders pulled up in front of Giovanni's. It was after close and the shut was shut. No lights were on inside. (laughs) He stepped out of his vehicle into the cold air of the night and approached the door. There was no movement or sound coming from inside the restaurant. All was eerily quiet and eerily still. Looking around, the street was empty. All surrounding shops were closed and Danielle's deli had been boarded shut. It made sense that no one was about. Who in their right mind would be braving the streets at night with a killer on the loose? Detective Harlan Sanders focused back on the door and checked the doorknob. Unsurprisingly, it was locked. If only Bucky was here, he could pick through this, thought Detective Harlan Sanders. With subtle means of entry all but ruled out, he decided to give the old shoulder barge skeleton key a go. The detective took five steps back, lowered his shoulder and ran at the door full pace, colliding with a hearty thud. He fell backwards and hit the pavement hard. He looked back up at the door, still standing firm, almost in a mocking way. He hadn't broken down the door, but he very nearly broke his collarbone. Detective Harlan Sanders lay back down to give himself a second to recover, and as he looked up into the sky, he saw the second-story window open and the blinds swaying gently in the wind. The detective pulled himself back up off the ground and began stacking bins and milk crates up in front of the restaurant until he found himself able to grasp the windowsill of the second story. And after a bit of wriggling, he found himself in the very office of Giovanni. It was time for answers. End of chapter eight. Ah! Oh, you've left me with a tricky... I mean, it's good. It's good. But I've yeah, got... I have left you in a difficult yeah. position. <laughs> I've got a lot to decide from here. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, in the fight, there's there's next chapter will decide a lot, and then the final chapter will tie everything together. Yes, yeah. We so were saying it's... before, Jono has you know a little bit of pressure to finish yeah. off the entire novel. Quite the task, but um, super exciting stuff. Super exciting indeed. Where where it goes from here is is um is big. And so that's, it's going to be very exciting. So make sure uh, you check in with us uh, next week and the week after yes. um, for the second last and last chapters of An Undisclosed Amount of Fries. And this has probably been our longest running project and I'm yeah, very so. pleased with it so far. And I think, I, I really think um, we should try to get KFC onto this and, <laughs> and to, to try and see if KFC wants a little piece of this, a little, a little tender piece of this story. Oh, I like um, that. That's how we should... Um, like... that, yeah, that's how we should pitch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Um, and we're thinking of of releasing um the the whole book at least as an audio version uh on this podcast uh, early next year. So if you want to listen to the whole thing as well, uh, I know it's it might be difficult to follow exactly where it's at mm. uh, each episode uh, week after week, but we're gonna release it all in one big lump. I suppose is is what yeah, like an audio book. Like kind an audio book yeah. um, at the end of the year. So um, make sure to, to stick around uh, for that. Uh, but that does sort of bring us toward the end of the episode. Um, a lot is, is yet to happen in the following weeks. Um, mm. And I, I'm, I'm very interested to, to see what, what's going to happen. I always say that. A lot of Christmassy stuff as well. A lot of Christmassy <laughs> stuff is going to be happening over the next... Because it's pretty much Christmas. Yeah. Like, well, it's not pretty... Well, it is almost. It yeah, is we're getting very, very close. close. <laughs> we're like... We're, we're weeks off Christmas. And so, so um Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see uh, what we come up with for something a little bit Christmassy. But yeah, make sure to, to check us out on our social medias uh, to vote in our... Uh, fight of the festive films and uh that's at zap the podcast on instagram we're also on tiktok at zap the podcast we're on twitter at zap the podcast and there is a zap the podcast facebook page so you can check us out in on any or all of those places uh we're most up to date on instagram uh, and a little bit on tiktok as well um but also make sure to check us out uh at zap the podcast or not at sorry i always say at it's at the store is uh where we yes. have uh some merch up uh so if you're looking to to get something uh it's it's probably getting a bit late for christmas stuff because this stuff does ship from overseas so maybe a late christmas or yeah. if you're meeting up with people um after christmas for a gift exchange uh with some friends or something there is still time or just uh, wanting to like treat that. yourself just Definitely. treat yourself yeah. it's it's gorgeous um <laughs> So, yeah, check check out uh, what we have on the store available there. And um, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Zap.